Hey, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Now, I know last episode I said that would be my last episode <laughs> before I moved to my new studio that I'm calling The Perch. And while The Perch is ready, I am not because I am recording this from my couch because my dog, who is sitting right next to me, is in a brand new, very big house. So she doesn't want to be alone constantly. So instead of leaving her to her own devices for an hour while I record, I'm doing it on the couch with her. So if the sound quality is a little odd, that's probably why. That said, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody listening to my episode on Ride Your Wave. That's a really well, a really awesomely created movie that uh, is okay. I, I'm not going to say it's like knock it out of the park, but, but I, I, I had fun going to see it. Um, and on that note, we're going to talk about something a little bit older and definitely, and this is in the middle of this thing's run on its, I think, fourth season. And that show is Haikyuu. Okay, so as some people have listened to previous like Shonen Jump style shows that I've talked about before probably already know, I take a different approach to Shonen Jump properties and generally long-running Shonen action shows than I do to other shows. I don't require myself to have seen the whole thing first because in (laughs) some cases... That's like a 20-year, literally, commitment of time that you have to make to be able to see a whole, to be able to see a whole Dragon Ball Z, or a whole One Piece, or a whole Naruto. Those things go for decades at a time. And while the way that these shows are produced has definitely changed, and that is to its benefit, as you'll see in a show like Haikyuu, or as you see in a show like My Hero Academia, which I've also talked about, the mass of them is still the same. They are going on a seasonal structure with seasons that go on for as long as they make money instead of an episode structure with episodes that go on for as long as they make money. And the way you used to decide seasons in... Shonen Jump properties is used to basically look at the openings. Whenever the opening and ending changed, the it would be technically a new season or a new arc. Um, but that's a little that's a lot less necessary in kind of the modern Shonen action format because it's more of a traditional. Um, television uh, season format. And that's true of Haikyuu as well. So Haikyuu is about a all-boys high school volleyball team. And that probably sounds familiar with the exception of volleyball because um, that's a lot of sports shonen shows. Uh, a few years back, 
um, Kuroko's Basketball was a show all about a high school boys basketball team. Um, Prince of Tennis is obviously a thing. Um, Bamboo Blade is another example. Um, there was a there was a badminton one a couple seasons ago. There, um, Chihai or Furu, which I think the third season is either going or going to start airing soon, um, is ostensibly a teen, a teen teen sports anime um, with a lot more wrapped in, up in it in that case, but that's really what Chihai or Furu is at its core about. And that's the kind of thing that marries all of those, all of the shows I just mentioned, is that they are all primarily about sports, but they are all secondarily about the characters and their interactions and the way that they like carry themselves and all that stuff. Um, but some of these shows just choose to focus more on the sports side than the personal side. Um, Kuroko's Basketball is a great example of this. Kuroko's Basketball isn't super concerned with the way that the characters like interact outside of the court. They show it, but it's not, it's not the primary focus. Um, that is true also of Haikyuu. Haikyuu is about teenagers who play volleyball. Now, notice I didn't say who are exceptional at volleyball. Now, that's the, that's the thing where if you're... So if you're looking for like a Kuroko's basketball type style thing where they are ex- exceptional at the sport they're playing, Haikyuu is really not going to be the show for you. It's going to be more the show... You're going to look for something like um, Kuroko's basketball, which is... I've heard described, rightfully so, as basketball with Dragon Ball Z powers. And what I mean by that is, in Kuroko's basketball, each each like named character at some point either develops or has some sort of like basketball super some kind of basketball superpower. Like there's a guy who they call the emperor of the court. They call the Emperor of the Court, which is also a name in Haikyuu, but it's got way different meaning, um, who basically psychologically stares people down so bad that if they don't do what he wants them to, they fuck up hard. Um, there's another one called, like, a character who's, like, mad, like, shack size this, this high school is like a shack size dude and he is a um he's a he's a um he's a defense player and he's called like the like Thor's hammer or Mjolnir or whatever and his ability is just that he can fucking like, strike people's shots down in any way, at any point, any point. 
And then there's another character who's got green hair and, like, carries around, like, these big wood carvings. And his superpowers, he can just, like, shoot three-pointers for, for days from the literal center of the basketball court. Which, if you don't know anything about basketball, that's really hard to do. Like, it's super hard to do. But, um, obviously, I've watched a lot of Kuroko's basketball. And I've also watched um, the first two seasons of Haikyuu. And the difference is that Kuroko's basketball, although it is in that seasonal structure, it's less about the fight of the... It's less about the growing of the character. They do grow and they do mature and they do get better at basketball. But they're less... Because they're less human and because it's... The shtick is the shtick every time. It's not... It, at least for me, it didn't keep me as engaged for as long as something like Haikyuu does. And the reason I say that is because where Haikyuu, where Kuroko's basketball is about teenagers with supernatural, with a supernatural ability somehow to play basketball and be like NBA player level talented at basketball, or skilled at basketball, not talented. There's a difference. Haikyuu is about people who, about kids playing volleyball and everything that entails. Like, they, in season two, they bring in a new character to be the kind of, like, point of reference, to, to be the dummy they have to explain stuff to. But... The thing about Haikyuu is that um, the character, you meet these two characters. Um, the first is a guy by the name of, um, is the, a guy they call the Emperor of the Court. And the, and the reason they call him the Emperor of the Court isn't the same reason they call, they call the red-headed kid the emperor of the court in um in um in Kuroko's basketball the reason they call him the emperor of the court is because he dominates the whatever team he's on so much that they can't perform to his standards and this is the key this is a slight similarity, but a really key difference in not only the show um, Kuroko's basketball and the show Haikyuu, but even the presentation of a sport like basketball in which there are, like, superstars. I mean, I, I personally grew up in the... Um, I grew up in the, what's it called, in the, in like the, in the late, in the late, to, in the early to mid 90s, I grew up in the 90s, period, Ed. I was born in 89, I grew up through the 90s, 
And so that meant I got to witness firsthand the 1994 Chicago Bulls. And if you are listening to this and you're like, oh shit, um, then you know that I mean, I mean, I saw Dennis Rodman in his prime, I saw Michael Jordan in his prime, um, Kobe Bryant, God bless his soul, was, um, had come up at that point and was playing against Michael Jordan at that point, and the, where foot where football players are only just now being becoming like these like big names and also but also they're becoming big names for like unless you're Tom Brady for like a couple months at a time and then they like slide back into like the team mix basketball players very early on and you can look this up were like always these larger were almost always these larger than life figures and they were they are treated as celebrities even though they're part of a team if you don't know how big a deal Michael Jordan is then boy does somebody have a story for you if you don't know how big a deal Dennis Rodman was let me just say this sentence to you, and you should know that it is true. There, is, there was a moment in time when Dennis Rodman dressed in a wedding dress and dunked a basketball on live television. Um, that's the level of, like, insane sports meets superstardom antics that, like, went on in basketball. So... When you're looking at Kuroko's basketball, you see these, like, larger-than-life, terrifyingly skilled and talented players. That mimics professional basketball. Another version of that is Slam Dunk. Slam Dunk has a lot of the has a lot of callbacks to the 94 Bulls and all that shit. Um, but that's part of the sport, the actual sport of basketball it's it's a sport in which a team plays but individuals definitely shine haiku is more akin to a show like um the kyoani show um Thrun, which is on high dive actually and Thrun is all about competitive archery i don't think i've done i think i might have done an episode on it i'm not sure but um, it's while that sport is objectively a more singular, contained, individualistic sport, by compete by having a team compete, they make it more more of a team dynamic. And the and while none of the characters are perfect, none of them are necessarily bad. And they all work their way up to being really skilled at the sport. That's much. That's a much closer comparison to Haiku because Haiku is about a team of volleyball players. It's not about necessarily 
a like it's it's ostensibly about um the main character Shono Hinata, who I'll call Hinata for the rest of this, and um, what's his face? Um, Tobio Kageyama, and how they kind of like mix together and make each other better players. But the show starts out with um, you see Hinata, and Hinata is really kind of the like point of view main character. Um, Kageyama is less so, but you still get some time with him. And you see the kind of first meeting in middle school, and you see Kageyama is called the king of the court because he dominates over every player, and while he's very talented at volleyball, and every single coach he's ever had says, this this kid is a -a once-in-a-lifetime talent, they can't he has a hard time modulating that talent. And so, let's say, uh, I'm struggling with a great way to explain this, but let's say you are aiming, you're aiming to put a dart in a target. Um, Kageyama can definitely do that. He can do it every time. But the thing is, he doesn't just put the dart in the target. He, like, puts it through the target into, like, the neighbor's opposite wall, if that makes any sense. And what Kageyama needs as a player is to be able to control that... ...massive power to be able to modulate it to other people, to be able to not put the dark... The, the dart through two walls every time. And you enter, and they enter this um, high school called, give me a second to find the high school name because I totally forget. Um, it's called Karasano High School. And Karasano is like a high school that was at one point a really well-respected great high school and it had a player known as the Tiny Giant. And the Tiny Giant was this incredibly talented um, front... um, I think the technical word is spiker, but I think you can also use attacker. But he was this incredibly talented spiker, or center spiker, and he was also severely, he was also really short for the sport of volleyball, because if you don't know, the taller you are in a sport like volleyball, the more it helps. It's similar, it's actually kind of similar to basketball, although basketball, there are players who are very short and still get it fucking done in like, on like every team. Um, but, um, for more on that, go see freaking Space Jam when the, I forget the short player name from the, from the Chicago Bowl, but he, like, had the moment where he's like, man, you guys don't have any basketball talent left because the Monstars stole it, but at least you're tall. Now I'm just some short dude. Um, but, 
the thing is that because volleyball is a team sport, there's a place for everybody and there's a, like, everybody has to work as a gear in order to accomplish the goal, in order to accomplish their goal. And that means that Hinata and Kageyama, once they team up, Kageyama realizes that he can use Hinata's extreme speed and jump and like jump height to be to just completely to deliver him a serve instantly and sh- and Hinata just hits it with at first with his eyes closed because the way they put it is Kageyama is serving is setting the serve it's setting the spike up but he's not actually stopping the ball at that blo- at that point that Hinata's at Hinata is encountering the ball as it passes through his range and hitting it now that's a very different thing than the way it's supposed to go which is you're supposed to put the ball right in the air where the person needs it and that person is supposed to spike it Add to that the, like, closed-eyeness of the whole thing. And for a long time, Hinata and um, Kageyama surprised the shit out of people. And that's what leads to them winning. And you, But you also see you see all the other characters, like, growing and, and changing and maturing. And you, along the way, you see Kageyama... Real fighting this temptation he has to take command of an entire team and try and control everybody because volleyball is fundamentally a team sport. The least, whereas in basketball you can play a one-on-one game, the least amount of people you can play with on a volleyball game is two is two versus two, which means. You can never win a volleyball game by yourself. It is it is literally against the rules. It is not possible. So when Kageyama starts to, you know, set to other players and realize that he needs to change the way he is he is playing in order to play with others, he, he really starts to grow. Hinata on the other hand, is this, like, ball of... It's this Luffy, Monkey D. Luffy-esque ball of energy, but with slightly more context. Um, only slightly. And he does everything he can the entire game to help to help his team. He, like, get he like knocks balls back and down. He keeps balls in play, all this other shit. And... Then it comes the point in the show pretty early on, like I think the end of the first season, I believe, is Karasano loses. Karasano loses and doesn't get to go to the um to the sep to like the semifinal to like the spring nationals or something. And 
it is so it is so clear that they didn't lose that they lost because they just hadn't worked out the right way to play for them as a team yet. And this is so this is I think not unique but different from a lot of other like shonen sports action shows. In that um what's it called? Uh Haiku doesn't just lean on the fact that this was one person's fault they lost. It leans on the fact that they all weren't working together well enough as a team to beat another team that was so tight-knit and worked so well together and knew each other so much better than Karasuno did that when they looked back on it, there was no way they could win. And that's that's an interesting thing to say about your main characters in a show to say there was no way you were winning this. You gave it your best, kid, but time to pack up and go home. And that's not that's not uncommon for um shonen sports shows especially because one of the things that shonen shows have depend on, especially in the sports genre, is you need to believe in order to keep rooting for them that your characters are either the underdog or, like, so ridiculously strong that they are just going to fuck up anything that gets in their way. Um, a version... Of, uh, so, it, if Karasno had won in the first season and gone on to Spring Nationals, then it starts. Then you start to have the problem you have with a show like Kuroko's Basketball. And what I mean by that is the characters start to be less... The, the arc of the characters start to feel less human because they're progressing so quickly that it could be realistic, but it feels less so. And so you have these characters and they they spend the entire the, like until the next time they get to play at practice game with practice games, training, training under people, figuring out how to do how to do different things better and they make them they No one in this show just relies on their talent. Even the bad guys are... Even the, like... Not bad guys. And that's the other thing about the show. That, and I personally like this in a sports anime. I don't like having a, like, true antagonist. I like having someone who is on the opposite side of the court. Um, and you see this in... I forget his name, but The Great King... Um, you see this in uh, the like big giant dude with gray hair from Date Tech. You see these characters who are not who the show very specifically never gives you a reason to like take an antagonistic um what's it called? Take an antagonistic view of 
They are simply opponents. As opposed to something, once again, I keep coming back to this show because it feels like the most apt comparison. Um, This show, you keep seeing shows, you you never see a a quote-unquote antagonist like you see in Kuroko's basketball. But the thing about setting up characters like you see in Kuroko's basketball is once the main character has defeated like an antagonist for an arc or like a game in a sports anime case, it feels less like they're going to go away and improve and come back. It feels more like you have to follow that antagonist a little and like they have to spend the time removing the end, like the antagonist feeling from that character and turning them into almost like a different character than it does when they start out being just a thought, like a supporting character who the main characters play against. And that's a, that's a totally different dynamic and it's totally less, um, what's the word for it? It's less, it's less difficult to make that pivot. And also the key thing about IQ is because it doesn't need to make that pivot, it gives you less time to be bored with it. If that makes any sense. Because one of the... One of the problems with all shonen anime. Even if they're in seasonal form. Is that... Because of the length of the story. And the... Like... And the variation story can take... It's very, 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 very hard to be able to hold a viewer's attention for that entire time. And what that means is, yeah, it's like, yes, there are exceptional, like, there are exceptional arcs. But more often than not, instead of getting a show that you will watch all the way through start to finish and everything is exceptional... You get more, more often than not, get shows that are, that have one or two exceptional arcs, and then everything else is, like, okay to, in a worst case scenario, bad and very bad. That means that these arcs, like, you have people skipping arcs, and you have, but... Lots of times those arcs add characters. She'll come in on what people say is a good arc, but you'll be like, who the fuck is that? I don't know. And I have to go, like, read Wikipedia for a little bit. <laughs> Which is fine, I guess. But it's not, it's not as fun as if, the, as if the entire show is engaging enough to keep you focused on it without you wanting to just, like, you know, pack in the towel and say, hey, maybe I'm done with this. Maybe I don't want to watch another, I don't know, 80 episodes of these guys fucking hit each other in the face with a fucking basketball or whatever the fuck. 
which is honestly, I didn't make it all the way through Kuroko's basketball because as dope as those openings are, eventually, like, the core piece just got boring. I think the most interesting part of Kuroko's basketball was when they focused on the, I forget the blonde-haired kid's name, but when they focused on him and, like, a specific game he was playing against one of the big bad guys who was still left, and how he was, like, holding his own. Because that's a different angle of the show than you normally get with a show like that. Whereas something like Haikyuu, you're always getting the different angles. You're always focused. You're always fo- slightly focused on something different. They can always introduce characters like um, Crossnose Ace, who's a like total wimp, but is an absolutely amazing, you know, hat trick in the last second level, you know, high school volleyball player. They focus. They have. One of the better visual gags I've seen in anime in a while, in like the first episode. And the way they can do that is they make all the characters feel like this gang of like rowdy assholes who play basketball, who play volleyball. And what that ends up doing is it ends up letting you focus on. Th- a, not just the, the main characters as a whole, but the whole cast in a way that is more interesting. Now, what Haikyuu does have is does have, like, one big bad guy that everybody's fucking gunning for. But the thing about Haikyuu is that they make sure that you know it's not just him, it's not just the main characters who are gunning for that guy. It's, it's all of their rivals, too. All of their rivals have encountered this, this character, and they've all been, like... And they've all played well, and that character, I forget his name, the, like, red-haired, serious-looking dude, um, has a lot of respect for... It's okay, Carm. Um, my dog, I just kicked my trunk and freaked my dog out. Um... They have a lot of, he has a lot of respect for all of those characters in return because he recognizes their talent even if they haven't won against him yet. And that's a different kind of primary antagonist character than you see in something like, once again, Kuroko's Basketball. Because Kuroko's Basketball, that character, the, like big bad antagonist, the, like, world-ender antagonist, is, like, unassailable. No one has ever beaten him. No one... It feels like no one will ever beat him, and he clearly doesn't give a shit about anybody else. Ever. And... It's just... I started watching Haikyuu because of actually um, a great YouTube channel called Beyond Ghibli. And Beyond Ghibli did a great breakdown of Haikyuu and how it feels watching Haikyuu as somebody 
who usually isn't a fan of long-running shonen stuff. Um, I'm not saying I'm not. I cert- I certainly watch my fair share of shonen nonsense. I mean, I watch... Um, I think I'm behind on My Hero Academia, but that's mostly because I have moved my entire life to a different house. Um, but I... While I do watch all that stuff, I will probably not go see the My Hero Academia movie, especially since I heard a not great review of it from um, Anime News Network a little while ago when they got a screener. Um, but this show feel this show makes sure that it wants to engage you for a long period of time. It wants to keep you on the hook. Once it gets you on the hook for a season, it wants to keep you watching for that whole season. Instead of, like, saying, okay, this arc is optional. And could you skip, at this point, could you skip a season and, like, skip around? Probably sure. That's, I mean, that's always an option. But it, it, it feels more fulfilling with a show like Haikyuu. If you start from the beginning, and by the end, you've seen how much the characters have grown, and you've seen they've, like, turned themselves into these very talented, you know, young volleyball players. Um, but also, they're not perfect volleyball players. And like I think I've either alluded to or said this entire time, these kids aren't professional. aren't professionals by any means. They are... Talented high school player. Keyword is high school. It's not like you have like a tiny Dennis Rodman playing basketball. It's like you have an amateur, you know, high school sports league player and everything that comes along with that. You know, they screw up. The characters on the opposite side of the court, their opponents screw up. And they all do their best, and it shakes out many times due to luck. And, like, that makes it more fulfilling when the characters focus in and they win points based on skill and not luck. Because when they, win, when they get lucky... Like, oh, you got lucky. Or when the opponent gets lucky, you're like, oh, the opponent got lucky. But when either of them starts trading in skills to get points, then you feel like it's really on. You start looking at this stuff. You, you start watching the game more closely, and you care about it more because it's not a guarantee. It never feels like a guarantee that Karofno's going to win. Actually, that's not true. So this is the thing I wanted to bring up kind of most with this show and the thing that um, that the creator of Beyond Ghibli brought up but that inspired me to watch the show and when I saw it I'm like I should probably talk about this show on my podcast even if it is a super popular anime already and doesn't need my help Um, and that is I think it's episode 3 where you see Karasno go up against a, like, kind of unassuming school 
that know their way out class. By this point, they just they know that they're like, oh, these got like actually they they know their way out class by most people, by most schools, but they feel good about getting Karasno as an opponent because they're like, oh, Karasno's been down on luck. Maybe we'll finally get a win. And throughout the game, you see Karasno, how good Karasno actually is. You see that they're really true, that all the players are really truly skilled. It's not like they are just getting by on luck and talent. They're getting by on raw volleyball ability. And you see the other play, you see the other team struggle in their like attempt to keep up. And that's so and this gives you a new appreciation for how good Krasno is as a volleyball team and how much of a gap there is between them and the bottom at that point in the show. And what that does is, but what that also does is it shows, it gives you a chance to see the heroes as, you give, it gives you a chance to see the heroes of the show from, in the opposite way that you expect. Yet oftentimes when, you're, when you see a sports anime, you see the team you're following as this like underdog, you know, up against the wall kind of like hero comeback story. But in this episode, you see the, you see Karasuno the same way the show casts the other teams with all this, with like these huge guys, like they call Date Tech the Iron Wall. Um, but in episode three, and I think I think it's episode three of the first of the, I think it's episode three of the first season. Um, you see these guys just. Get their asses hand. You see the Karasno's opponents getting their asses handed to them, and you start to look at Karasno not just as a viable force, but as a like truly strong and talented force. It's a really great way to recast the like the main team you're following in the show for an episode and give you context for how good they actually are, instead of trying to explain it every couple, like, like trying to explain it every couple minutes in an episode, like, wow, which, to be fair, they had done a little bit of up to that point, but this was like, oh, no, these guys are good. It's just everyone else is also that good. No one's perfect, but we're all really good. <laughs> um, because this is what a not really good team looks like. And it just it, it's Haiku's a really good show. If you've been resisting going to watch it because it's got because of whatever reason, I would definitely go check it out. It plays out like a shonen show, like a shonen action show, um, in a in a seasonal way. It also I can't stress enough that episode where they face. I think it's episode three. Where they face the te- the like 
team that they like absolutely demolish is really fascinating. It's something that you don't see done that well often. Um, and on that note, I think I'm going to drop it a little bit early, although probably not much or very early because I have to go make dinner in my new house. <laughs> um, but if you liked the episode, you can check out the rest of the episodes and podcast feed and subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps the show. But until next time, I've been Alex, and you have been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you later.